0: From the calcium-rich studios of PBS39 at the PPNL Public Media Center in Bethlehem, PA, it's time for another alkaline hour of chemical-free horticultural hijinks you bet your garden! I'm your host, Mike McGrath. Have you suffered the heartbreak of blossom end rot when your tomatoes turn black at the bottom just as they're ripening up? On today's show, we'll reveal how eggshells are the answer and the surprising number of other plants that eggshells can assist. Plus, we preview the biggest and best indoor flower show in the world when Philadelphia Flower Show designer Sam Lemhen joins us to discuss this year's theme of Flower Power, And your fabulous phone call questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and relevatory redundant retributions. So keep your eyes and or ears right here, cats and kittens, because it's all coming up faster than tomatoes with perfect rear ends because you ate a lot of omelets. Welcome to You Bet Your Garden from PBS39 in Bethlehem, PA. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, and we have a very special treat for you today, cats and kittens. We are devoting a lot of the show to a preview of this year's fabulous Philadelphia Flower Show, the biggest and best indoor flower show in the world, celebrating the 50th anniversary of of Woodstock and other aspects of flower power. But first, we're going to take a couple of your fabulous phone calls at 833-727-9588. Jonette, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jonette. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing quite well.
0: And where are you doing quite well?
1: In Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, which is central Pennsylvania in Clinton County.
0: Oh, okay. Right in the middle of the state there, huh? Yes, sir. All right. What can we do for Jonette in Central Pa?
1: Well, I have two issues. I have a front yard issue and a backyard issue. Okay. So my front yard issue is I have a bay window that runs about 120 inches long, and in front of it I have three let's just say, have not been manicured. We never liked them to begin with, waxy myrtles. Okay. That the only time that they'll tissue it is on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to get rid of them and wanted some suggestions on what we could replace um, in, in that area. Okay.
0: Um, uh, what, uh, what, uh, if it's a bay window, I presume that gets a lot of sun out there.
1: Yeah, it's um, east facing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so um, we get the afternoon sun.
0: And do you wish this to be perennial? Or are you willing to have some fun and and go back and forth with annuals?
1: Well, I have to say, I'm not an avid gardener. I'm not a good gardener. I should say, I I can kill philodendron mm-hmm. and peace lilies. <laughs> yeah. So I. I really have. I not only can I have. Oh yeah. So I need something that's hearty um, and hopefully not as um, unattractive in my eyes as waxy myrtles. And I, my apologies to anyone who prefers those. But.
0: Yeah, we don't care what they think. So <laughs> um, my first thought, because this is an area. I mean, people always talk about the south side being hot and dry, but the east is is right second there. So. I like strong plants out there. I like plants with um, a lot of character around their base because they're going to stay low-growing, right? You want you don't want that window blocked anymore. No, sir. I'm going to suggest low-growing junipers. Okay. They have a lot of character. They develop really thick, woody stems, um, but they're very hardy plants, and they have a very nice... Uh, bluish-green needles. Um, They have little berries in the fall. Uh, They're very attractive plants, very hard to kill, and they would look nice under a bay window. They're the type of low-growing evergreen you could drop Christmas lights on, too, if that was your idea of a good time, and it would really set off the window.
1: Fantastic. I like that idea.
0: Okay. Number one. Number two.
1: Number two is another number two. It's uh, Japanese I think it's called Japanese root weed or something like that. Uh it's wait a minute, a Jonette, Jonette. Jonette
0: Jonette, yes. you gotta keep yes. you uh keep your mouth close to the uh to the phone. We missed it when you turned your head. So uh, I
1: apologize. No,
0: no, that's okay. Let's start back. Okay, so what's number two?
1: Japanese I think it's Japanese root weed or Japanese it Grows. It's in the bamboo family. Uh-oh. Japanese, not weed. Oh, not okay, weed. yeah.
0: You're being very kind in, to call it uh, bamboo. Is it, it's in the lawn, right?
1: It's down by the river, and it grows. Um, it grows and grows and grows. And I would like to find something that's native that will overtake it. Uh, we don't want to and. And we have, we've tried to make musical instruments, we've tried to burn it, we've tried, there's not really anything you can do with that stuff.
0: That's exactly correct. Now, let's drop back. I know there is this compulsion to take out uh, alien invasive and replace them with native plants, but either due to climate change or global warming or, or just the individual toughness of plants, um, these invasives are always going to overpower Native plants, think about it. Native plants don't live in the native world anymore. Um, it ain't 300 years ago. We have so many impervious surfaces, so many heat sinks. So, yeah. And especially when something is near water, you want to be super conscious not to cause erosion because you could really damage the water supply, do bad things for fish, toads, frogs, salamanders down the line. So, what I suggest in situations like this is you make peace. You go out or you have somebody come in and install a really good, high quality edging border. Something that goes several inches down, maybe six inches down, has a nice lip that comes uh, up to protect it from moving forward. And then you just, you know, weed whack the sucker if it, come, if it tries to come on your side or get a flame weeder and just burn it. If it, I'm serious. If it tries to come on on your side, just wilt it on the hottest summer day, or like I said, get a weed whacker, but keep it on the other side of that wall, and then it's relatively easy to grow things that you want on your side, so to speak. You just have to establish that line and realize that even though it's not the plant you want, uh, it's stabilizing the soil, it's protecting the stream, it's making oxygen, it's helping rainwater and floodwater be managed properly. Um, every plant has a purpose. And the closer you get to water, um, the better idea it is to just leave, leave it alone.
1: Is there any way to reclaim part of that? Just reclaim part of it for my lawn back? Like to... Yes, up. yes. So you, can, you can
0: select an area where the knotweed is dominant, and mm-hmm. you can then drive the edging in, and you can still have some on your side. And then what you would do is really soak that area well all throughout August. Um, get out there, pull it, dig it out, do anything you can. And then overseed the entire area with a fresh grass that will be really dominant back there. Something maybe like Kentucky bluegrass that uh, establishes itself by runners and can outcompete compete not grass. But first you have to establish that Maginot line so you're working on one side, but the demon weed is controlled on the other.
1: I like your plan.
0: (laughs) All right, that's two for two.
1: Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Good luck, Jonette.
1: You have a wonderful day. Thanks so much.
0: You too. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: 833
0: 727 9588. Lynn, welcome to You Bet Your Garden.
2: Good afternoon, Mike.
0: How are you, Lynn?
2: Very well. Thank you.
0: And okay. where is Lynn very well?
2: I'm calling from the suburbs of uh, Philadelphia um, on the border of Montgomery County, a little place called Andorra.
0: Andorra. I know Andorra. I used to go out with her. No, no, that was. (laughs) No, wait a minute. Wasn't uh, uh, Samantha's mother? No, that was Andorra. Andorra, yeah. The mother of Samantha, yeah. Yeah. I would would leave Jeopardy owing money, but everything else (laughs) I know. None of it has any value. All right. What can we do for Lynn in Andorra, PA?
2: Okay. Um, Last year we planted Butterfly bushes and Coneflowers I like to attract my um, The butterflies and the hummingbirds And the bees and such Sure. Well my coneflowers I was told I shouldn't have Locked them all off at the bottom Last season when it ended Um, I should have left The dead headed Seeds and such uh, for the birds Over the winter is this true And If so, when do I cut them down, and how far do I cut them?
0: Uh, Yes, it is true. Uh, One of the things, we, we have this cleanliness ethic where we feel like the garden should be stripped bare in the fall. But in truth, the entire garden, all of our wildlife, all of our plantings are going to be better if we leave it alone. Nobody does this in the wild. So, for instance, you have a great example there uh, the dried seed pods of coneflowers that have, you know, gone the way of the eternal, they do provide good food for birds at the beginning of the winter. Same with those big pods that follow the flowers on hosta plants. They are a great source of high energy food for birds. And the answer to when you should cut your spent flowers down is pretty much never. What you want to do is if after the birds have raided the flowers and they don't look any good anymore, you can, quote, deadhead them by just cutting them off uh, with a pair of pruners right underneath the flower. But leaving the sticks, the stalks in place, is good for the survival. You know, your coneflowers are perennials. They're going to come back next year unless you cut them straight to the ground and we get a freezing cold winter without snow cover then that can freeze the crown of the plant and the root systems. Whereby if you leave those sticks in place, there's more biomass on top to accept the harsh reality of winter. And if we get snow, snow gets trapped by those sticks. And snow is the absolute best mulch over winter. It insulates the plant, oh, excuse me. Mm. It insulates the plant, it keeps the temperature level underneath that snow cover. It is the best mulch. And when you leave those sticks and stems up, it really protects the plants uh, again from a harsh winter.
1: Okay.
0: I was going to say, do you have any questions about your butterfly bush?
2: Well, yeah, same thing. About the same time last year um, when um, the Flowers were all spent. I lopped them down to about, uh, I don't know, leaving about two inches up from the ground. And I, everything came back big and beautiful, and several bushes popped up in places I actually didn't want them, and I wanted when the best time to re- uh, transplant them, when I should dig them up and put them where I actually wanted them.
0: Well, you know, and bu- I
2: guess that was the wrong time of year again to cut them from what you just said.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, we, again, we want our gardens to be these uh, pretty masterpieces and we, right. you know, we want to clean out and dust the tabletops and put lace curtains there. But <laughs> again, that's not what nature does. The best way to protect the plant from a really nasty winter is to leave that plant material on top. The classic pruning for butterfly bush is you wait until it begins to green up again in the spring right. and then you cut it down to like three four six inches not not really close to the ground there's no advantage to that okay. and and then any uh, seedlings that come up any volunteers move those in either the fall if they're up already and they're decent size or in yeah. the spring Oddly enough, the survival rate for plants that are installed in the fall is better than plants in the spring. Because spring oh. can sometimes turn, especially in our wacky weather world we're living in, yes. spring can turn into a horrid summer really fast. But okay. fall is almost a general progression, and the plants really like that ability to go dormant naturally. Okay. But you'll be, you'll be blessed with both plants for years to come.
2: Oh, many, yeah. very many, many. Okay. Um, do I have enough time to ask you another question? or, or What's it about? Someone else waiting.
0: What about the cannas?
2: Uh, last last year, when we cut those down, I put the black um, weed cloth over top. And, bruised, and they didn't come up this year. They were no. all rotted. Cannas, yeah.
0: yeah. The, no, that's—cannas uh, are not reliably hardy in this area. Unless you dig them up and save them, and it's very easy to do. At the end of the season, after they get blackened by frost, just dig them up out of the ground, brush the dirt off their roots, do not wet them, wrap them up in newspapers, put them in a cardboard box in the basement, label them, and then plant them back outside as soon as everything wakes up again in the spring. You'll be very happy with the results. Thank you so very much. You have a great day. You too, Lynn. Take care. Talk to you again. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and let our listeners and our viewers around the nation in on a very special treat. Every year, You Bet Your Garden has a special event at the Philadelphia Flower Show, where the flower show designer, Sam Lemhenny, and I have a meet and greet with our listeners. And then Sam and I take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of the Central Exhibit. ...of the Philadelphia Flower Show and talk about what it takes to pull off this mammoth undertaking. It is a fabulous event. It is also a fundraiser for the station that brings you You Bet Your Garden. So if you would like more information, the event will be Wednesday, March 6th, right in the middle of the Flower Show, beginning at 5.30. And lasting until you can't stand up anymore. For more information, call 1-800-360-0039 or just check out our website, youbetchourgarden.org. But don't do it just yet because we'll be right back with information about that flower show that will blow your mind. Welcome back to You Bet Your Garden from PBS39 in the Christmas city of Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, and now it is my great pleasure to announce that we are going to take you on a tour of the upcoming Philadelphia Flower Show with my good friend, Flower Show director, designer, Cleaner up behind the scenes, whatever you want to call him. As long as you don't call him late for dinner, Sam Lemhenny. Sam, welcome back to You Bet Your Garden.
3: Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: It's always a pleasure. Thanks for being had. That's always my pleasure. (laughs) Now, uh, this year's Philadelphia Flower Show has a very special theme, and I'm already angry at you because I told you to come dressed in your old Nehru jacket. I know. Look at me. I'm very preppy today. And here we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The kind of of kid who never went to Woodstock.
3: No, definitely not.
0: But maybe lied about it later in life. Um, We've had a lot of different themes at the Philadelphia Flower Show over the years. I've had a special relationship with the show since 1990. Correct. And I can't remember anything like what you're gonna pull off in a couple of months in twenty
3: nineteen. Flower power? Flower power. Doesn't this sound fun? I I figured this would be right up your alley. This is something I wish I was exhibiting. I know I wish you were too. It'd be be a lot of fun to see that. But flower power is definitely the theme. And uh, we're really excited about all of our designers and exhibitors to talk about really the power of flowers. You know, it is, you know, we're gonna touch on the 60s and that sort of flower power era um, in the 60s, but we really wanted our designers to talk about the power of flowers. And it's, it really crosses all borders from healing to communicating to celebration. Um, it really is a special special way that flowers can, um, can have that power on all of us in every day of our lives. But the
0: genesis of this theme was it one of your brainstorming sessions, right? When somebody said, "Hey, do you know the show's going to be on the fiftieth right. anniversary of Woodstock?"
3: <laughs> yeah, it worked out perfectly, and uh, for 50, 50 years is now the the anniversary of Woodstock, and that's what two thousand nineteen is, and it, it worked out perfect for us. But um, again, it is it is more a little bit broader than just that sixties era for the show, but we're excited about it. Right? How much you know? How much hippy is going <laughs> to be there? There'll be a little bit. Yeah, there's a couple of exhibitors who are going to touch on that. A a little bit and uh, give you some 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 tastes of that we have a have a little bit of psychedelic exhibits going on with some kaleidoscopes Whoa man and yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um and uh but uh we, we are going to uh, include a lot of different things about the flower, power of flowers um the healing power is going to be a pretty special one that you're going to see a lot a couple of different exhibits that talk about the mental healing power and the physical healing power with a lot of medicinal gardens um, but you're also going to see, um, you know, talk about PHS and, and the power of the flowers that we've had in, in our life of our organization of connecting people with horticulture, building community, communities and beautifying Philadelphia is, is something that we're, we're really excited about talking about and, and telling that story um, at the Flower Show as well.
0: So I want to, you have given us, we want to get back to that. I want yep. to touch on that. Sure. Um, but you've sent us a whole bunch of slides that we're going to drop in. Starting now, of course, I've lost that sheet of paper. <laughs> You're okay. used to this, Sam. Um, I'd like to go back to last year for a moment because sure. you sent us uh, a couple of uh, images. The first was the rainforest, right? Entrance garden. Last year's theme was, uh, it correctly pronounced from Philadelphia water,
3: yeah, the water, the water, water show. show. Yep, and of
0: water. it was a great rainforest. How difficult was that uh, to put up? I mean, because. You and I talked about this. Back in the days when I used to exhibit, everybody needed to have water in their exhibit, and it was the most treacherous part of the show because all the ponds were leaking, all the liners Yeah, housekeeping doesn't
3: like us when we do a lot of water.
0: There's a lot of cleanup for that. And you don't want to slip and fall. You don't want anybody to get hurt. So you had water almost seeming to spray just onto the guests but just missing them by inches.
3: Yeah, we had a lot of fun with the rainforest. I think our biggest challenge was you know, when you walk through a rainforest, you, that canopy falls over your head and you want to feel like you're completely enclosed in plants and flowers um... so that was one of the hardest things i think that we had to come up with is how do we how do we immerse the visitor in that and um, one of our designers came up with scaffolding and came up with a few images of how to use that um, and we really just went to town on that and just adding the plants overhead and have you walk underneath the scaffolding with the plants dripping um, you could actually touch and feel all those plants and that's really our our um, goal with the central feature and exhibit is to wow you when you first walk in but then really totally immerse you and make you think that you're uh... at the rainforest or any of the themes we're doing um, and, and have a li- really good time and sort of forget about the cold and the winter that's outside and, that, and walk into that convention center and feel like you're, you're somewhere else.
0: Oh, I always said the flower show is for people who don't want to take Prozac. This right. is, you know, you've been staring at that wallpaper and your spouse for way too long looking right. for imperfections. It's it's
3: time to look at pretty flowers. Absolutely. My best friend always talks about the oxygen levels that are in that building have got to be the biggest oxygen bar on the planet. But, yeah, exactly. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. And uh, it is, is something that's pretty special. And um, we really want to just transport you to a different world when you come to the flower show.
0: And that's important because people who haven't been to the flower show or maybe haven't been to the flower show. Our show lately. You know, I still consider the convention center our new home.
3: Yeah, exactly. We've, we've been there since in... 96, but it is our newest home, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. We were in the Civic Center for ages. Right. And everybody remembers from that era going down the escalator right. and the show suddenly appearing in front of you. Correct. And so, your biggest challenge, you and I have spoken about this many times, is creating an entrance Correct. that somehow envelops you the yeah. minute. You get into it, and I thought the rainforest was probably the best that you've achieved with that yet.
3: Well, thank you. It's uh, it was fun to do. I leaned on a lot of my connections from Florida when I was I lived in Florida for 15 years before. You were
0: I head of horticulture uh, at I was, Epcot.
3: Right? I was head of the Flower and Garden Festival down there. Um, yep, absolutely, and uh, had a great team to work with. But met a lot of connections in Florida, and still use them every day at the flower show, or every year at the flower show, and uh, really leaned on them heavily to bring up some amazing plant material from. Um, the palm trees that we had to some of the amazing philodendrons and some of the uh, amazing hor- orchids and, that we had in that garden to really make you feel like you were in a rainforest walking around and uh, being immersed with all this plant material.
0: So the flower show, for, again, for people who haven't been there, it is not a single thing. You've got this entrance garden right. that's really supposed to change who you are from walking in off the street into somebody who's literally in another world and then you've got the central exhibit that gets across all the themes. Yep. Um, over the past couple of years, we've added entertainment to the central exhibit. Yep, depending it's, on the theme, yep. Absolutely. It's really a sta- <laughs> It's really become part of a stage now.
3: Yeah, we want it to be as interactive as we possibly can and hit on all the senses. And, you know, when you walk through the plant material visually, it's just stunning and, and is, is overwhelming at times Some uh, when you walk through. But um, we want it to be visually stunning, but also, attempt you know, attempt to... To really sort of stimulate all your senses from smell to, to to sound and and really sort of bring you apart and make you envelop into that into that whole experience.
0: Except the year we did the movies and you had the popcorn machines going. <laughs> I, I think
3: yeah, that, that smell was a little too strong. I think and <laughs> people people want to smell the flowers when they come to the flower show, and we realized that in a big way. People told us about it, and that yeah. popcorn smell, um, even though we wanted to wanted it to be there. So when you walked into the movies, you felt like you were in the movie theater, but. Um, People wanted to smell the flowers. (laughs) No, duh, it's at the flower show, so they want to smell the flowers.
0: So then outside of the central exhibit, we have the major exhibits. We have these incredibly talented people who come from all over the world, really, to stage these massive exhibits. Uh, Another image is uh, you have um, Robertson's, uh, who won best in show floral at uh, Last last year's flower show.
3: They are they are a pretty special exhibitor, and and, but um, in and one, has been around for a long, long time for us.
0: And in one sense, though, their basis, their home ground is essentially not a very large floral shop on Germantown Avenue in, in Philadelphia. I was just there the other day.
3: You know, in this in this day and age, you know, technology is and internet has really helped a lot of businesses expand without expanding a lot of their footprint and they've taken advantage of that. And, you know, they do work all over the Philadelphia region and area and uh, amazing work and really creative and talented folks and the designers there. Um, Flip has assembled a really amazing team of, of designers, and they've won Best in Show the last couple of years. And so we'll see if they can keep that streak up this year. Um, they are one of the ones that are going to touch a little bit on that 60s and uh, give you a little bit of psychedelic flower power with, it, with their exhibit this year.
0: Their building in Germantown is like the kind of thing we used to have in the 60s. You know, they have that beautiful glass house that's yeah. part. But at, in, in reality, they're just the 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 house or the store in the end of a block.
3: Correct, absolutely, and it's a you know walking through to to Chestnut Hill. Sorry, um, it is just a really fun quaint place to go shop and, and experience you know old town, old hometown, and old you hometown USA. And Sometimes I really think fun. their exhibits at the flower show are bigger than their store. <laughs> it could be. I think you're right. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so after the central exhibits, then you have educational exhibits, which is where I used to exhibit. You have the Hort Court, you know where people right. bring in their individual house plants right. that are so perfect you never want to grow a house plant again. There's some, <laughs> you,
3: but you can. I think people people get get intimidated. I think by the horticourt. The horticourt is really how the flower show started back in 1829. Right, just people, the members individual. came together and brought all their plants together, and yeah. poinsettia was displayed at the first flower show. So it's it's one of those things where I think people get intimidated and think that they can't grow plants, but it's so easy. We we actually teach people, we connect people, and mentor them. Uh, but it's really easy to enter in. The horticord, and any anybody, anybody who wants to enter in the horticord should take that chance, because I think once you take that chance and you get that one ribbon, you're you're hooked for life, and uh-huh. it, it's really fun and exciting and rewarding to 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 compete against other horticulturalists who have the same interest, have the same love. Um, you know, it is a competition, but everybody's a big family at the flower show, and that's really makes it special. Oh no, it's you, you Billy. can imagine it's it. No, Billy. it is. It's, it know, is. It is a little cutthroat. I times. saw a
0: little old lady spike another gardener. <laughs> she slid into her at second, took her out of the
3: game. Absolutely. No, it, it, Knocked it is, over her bowl of pansies. But it's a lot of fun. So if anybody wants to exhibit at the Flower Show, the horticourt's a great way to get started and get your feet wet. Um, and you only need to bring in one plant to, to be able to exhibit at the show. And it's something that if you're interested in it, do it. I, I highly encourage it. It's not, not for the experts. This area is for folks who are novices, who are not professionals in the organization. That section is dedicated to that. But um, it could,
0: it's like you say, that was the show in the beginning. It could yeah. be the show again. Oh, absolutely. Nobody would complain no. if that if that giant space was just filled up with these amazing plants. I remember Correct. last year, I must have spent a half an hour looking at the terrarium section.
3: Yeah. <laughs> great, great amazing. And again, they're so popular nowadays, and, and everybody is looking for easy ways to garden and get a lot of variety in their house. And terrariums are a great way. I know you've talked about them a lot. And... Uh, It's just a really fun, fun way for an easy way for people to get involved in plants and horticulture. And, you know, you help every day. I think plants are such a stress reliever. And in this day and age of a lot of the turmoil and things that are happening outside in the world, um, plants are just a great way to get you um, involved and get you stressed free. And um, that's really the power of flowers. Right. That's why we picked this theme is really go into that and talk about that is really the power of flowers does have that on your life and every day. And it makes you put a smile on your face.
0: Now. After that is the marketplace, yep. where you can literally buy anything. Buy
3: anything horticulture or garden related. Yep. But Absolutely. before
0: we, go, we don't want to dwell on that too much because there's some important points we have to make. Every person who goes to the flower show aids in the greening of Philadelphia in Absolutely. some way or another.
3: Yeah, Philadelphia and the surrounding areas in the region. Um, the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society is who I work for, um, and it is uh, the organization that produces the flower show. But the the flower show is a fundraiser. Um, all the money that are raised from that show go back and directly into the programs that we do throughout the year, um, which helping community gardens, helping to uh, create beautiful gardens in the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding areas. Um, our educational programs that we do throughout the year to get more people involved in gardening and horticulture. Um, the vacant land management that we do with the city. Um, all of that, uh, the funding from the Flower Show goes back into helping And that what's the name of the that.
0: program for, for lack of a better word, for ex-cons, for people getting out of prison yeah, to we, training? Yep,
3: we have a program called Roots to Reentry. Um, and we work with the prison system to um, actually educate some of the folks that are incarcerated um, on they grow a lot of seedlings for us and, they, and, and a horticultural knowledge that we teach them. Um, all those seedlings then are donated to the community gardens and they're allowed to to use those seedlings to grow vegetables. Um, which then in, in turn goes to our city harvest program, which all those f- fruits and vegetables, portion of them are harvested and donated to food banks around the city. But we try to um, give give a little bit of, of knowledge to the folks there, uh, maybe a different knowledge that they haven't grown up with, um, and hopefully start a new career for them and get them involved in the horticultural world. And it's industry, so which important. Which is so important these days with, with horticulture. People are just not thinking of it as a career, and there's so many different opportunities and so many different ways um, to get involved in horticulture and, and in gardening and in plants. Um, you think of all the environmental uh, industries that are there that all have horticultural backgrounds and need to know more things about horticulture. It's just such a, such a great industry and a great career to have. I've been blessed to be a part of it and had great opportunity to work at Disney and now at the Flower Show, um, and I highly recommend it. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun.
0: But I want to make the point that when you buy a ticket to the Flower Show or you become a member of PHS, right. Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, your membership includes free tickets to the show. You do. Absolutely. Um, but whether, whether you do it one way or the other, you're supporting so many good programs. This isn't a Van Halen concert. Correct. Um, you're doing you're kind of doing your charity work and getting to go to what to me is the greatest right. show on you earth. You get a twofer,
3: right? Absolutely. At the same time. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is. It is something that's pretty special about this show. And. uh we, we were, we're very lucky with the, the the people that do come to our show. We have 250,000 people that come to our show, um, and we're very lucky that they continue to come every year um, and really help us to support all the programs that we do throughout the year, which is really special and how horticulture can really make a difference and, and make a difference in this world um, and make a difference in every every life. Even if you have one plant on your windowsill, you still, when you go to wash your hands or do the dishes, you look at that plant and it puts a smile on your face, and really that is the power of horticulture. It's the why we chose Power of Flowers.
0: Oh, and I even forgot. There's speakers all day, every day yeah, at what? the flower show. That's who is great. speaking at the show. I have spoken at the show since yes. 1990. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing over and over again. I take questions from the audience, yep. and we have a great back and forth. And this year, I'll be there on the Wednesday of the show at four o'clock in the yep. Gardener's Studio. So come on out. Mm, don't bring any. A nice thing about March is there's no overripe vegetables for people to throw at me. This is true. Oh, this when I'm is
3: up true. There. we are changing a little bit and, and try to make that that Gardner Studios where you speak at um, on Wednesday at four o'clock. Um, this is uh, something that we're trying to make a little bit more interactive. Um, we're doing a few more competitions where we're pulling some people out of the audience and and actually bringing gardeners into to create hanging baskets or window boxes and creating a competition with that, which will be fun. Well, we're
0: having so much fun talking to my friend Sam that we are going to extend the interview into the next segment. But first, I want to take a little break and announce that our listeners and or viewers around the country are welcome to take advantage of a special event that You Bet Your Garden holds once a year at the Philadelphia Flower Show. This year, it will be Wednesday, March 6th. It starts at 530 in the evening with a reception with cocktails and hors d'oeuvres where you get to meet me and see that I'm nothing special. And then we walk across the street to the famed Philadelphia Flower Show, where we will meet up with designer Sam Lemhenny. And Sam and I will walk you through the central exhibit and discuss what it takes to pull this massive show together. It's a real treat. We only do it once a year. And if you'd like more information, call one 800 360 39 Or, of course, visit our website, YouBetYourGarden.org. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at
1: ESPOMA.com.
0: Welcome back to You Bet Your Garden from PBS39 in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, with our interview holdover, Flower Show designer, Sam Lemhenny, who has a little bit more to tell us about something very special happening at the Philadelphia Flower Show this year. Uh, Last segment, we talked at length about the Flower Show, what the theme is going to be this year. Um, how it all happens, how it benefits so many different communities in Philadelphia. Uh, But I know there's something special happening there this year uh, that has never happened there before. And I wanted to give you a chance to explain it. It's like we're going to host the
3: Olympics (laughs) of uh, flower arranging. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been working over the last five years with uh, FTD, um, and they hold their... Um, World Cup of Floral Design every four years. And uh, five years ago, we were started talking to them about bringing it here, too. It's almost like the Olympics, almost like a bidding process. But um, we we're really excited about bringing that here and hosting that at the Philadelphia Flower Show. It is the World Floral Cup competition. Um, that really will name the best floral designer in the world. There's 23 countries that will be represented. They're sending their best of the best in floral design, um, and they will have a three-day competition over the first three days of the flower show. The Guests will actually get to watch the designers build their exhibits.
0: Would that be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? It's
3: actually Friday. starts on the members' day, um, and then goes Saturday and Sunday. So anybody who wants to come... Um, to see those designers um, in full action can come those first three days. They will name name the top designer on Sunday evening at a special gala that FTD is holding, um, but all the designs will be on on display for the entire duration of the show. And okay, so that's we, why you're front-loading them. Absolutely. When we when we say designs, too, that's sort of a word that, you know, somebody thinks of a floral design, they think of a nice arrangement that they have in the middle of their table. Um, the biggest design that they're creating this year is nine feet tall by four foot wide by four foot wide. These are really works of art that they're using flowers to create is just amazing and stunning to see their work. And you've got to come and see this and really, and so really it,
0: amazing. I should explain the Philadelphia Flower Show will be this year, March 2nd to the 10th in the yes. Pennsylvania Convention Center in Center City, Philly, across from the Reading Terminal. Correct. And the first day, Friday, is the members preview day. The show is only open for about three, three and a half hours. To our members, yep. And that's after the judging. And then from the next day, full day Saturday through the following Sunday, that's, you know, the anybody can come day. Right now. What will we see if we come on one of those first three days? Is so, this go, you're going to have these people in a steel cage, you know, fighting <laughs> it out?
3: We've actually created these pods that uh, they are going to create their designs in. Each one and gets their own individual. It's about ten by twenty space that they're going to have to create their designs. Um, over two, three days, they'll be designing four installations, um, two a day. So you will actually get to see them designing and creating their works of art. Um, when we introduce them, they'll do a parade of flags and a parade of nations, just like they do with the Olympics, and we're. We're going to bring them in and introduce them and really make this a big deal because it really is a big deal. It hasn't been in the United States since 1985. It's never been at the Philadelphia Flower Show. So we're really excited about hosting this and having them be a part of the show. And you really are seeing the best floral designers in the world. It's spectacular. Some of the designs, I you know, if you go to our website, you can see some of the des- designers and click on them and, and know and see some of the work that they've done. Just, these are just really amazing works of art. That'll be put on display, and if you come the first three days, you'll get to see them at work. If you don't come the first three days, you just get to see their works of art, which is still stunning and spectacular. Um, and we have a little bit of entertainment going on. We have an MC there, we'll have cameras and we have screens, and it's really gonna be a big production for the for the whole show this year. Yeah,
0: like Kurt Gowdy doing right, play exactly. by play, bring back Howard Coast. Right. You right.
3: And maybe that agony defeat. You know, for, for, for the now. losers that agony <laughs> defeat that guy tripping down the, yeah. the, the the ski lift. So what kind of
0: timing? Uh, let's say I want to go, yeah, and I'm a member. Obviously, that timing is is pretty tight. It's going to be happening during the entire Correct. preview.
3: Yeah, if you want to come and see the the designers um, and and actually creating their designs, um, on if you want to buy a membership, you can get in on that first day and actually see them creating their designs during that that time frame. And I um, should
0: mention because I I, w- I neglected to do this when we spoke before. Um, when you buy a membership in PHS, okay. that provides you with flower show tickets that you can use also also on the first special day, correct? And any other time, or any other time during the show, during right. the show. But you also get a wonderful magazine, correct? Um, and you get uh, the benefits of membership. You have you can get discounts, discounts on the marketplace. On our ed- there's some
3: free educational programs. There's discounted educational programs, and there's a discounts lounge in marketplace.
0: And there's a lounge you can use to sit down and have a cup of tea. Yeah, and seats
3: seats come, can be a premium at our show. So that lounge becomes very popular with our members to to have to relax and. Yeah, I showed them my card. They still wouldn't let me in. Oh come on! Yeah, call me next time. I'll get I'll get you in. So yeah, you'll get to see the designs through Sunday. um, And uh, will there be a schedule
0: on the web? I should mention. I should
3: mention, by the way, that the web address
0: is the Flower Show. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's there's easy so, for
3: people to remember, right? Yeah, they're the so flower humble. Show? Theflowershow.com. Um, we're the first, so we, we should be called the Flower Show, right? When they come in, you say there's going to be a parade and everything? We are going to do a parade of nations with the flags, and we're going to announce each country and each designer. And, and when's that going to be? So that'll happen each time that they come out to design. So there'll be two on fr- two designs on Friday, on Friday, two designs on Saturday. They narrow it down to the top ten on Saturday evening. They will then bring back the top 10 on Sunday and then Sunday evening they will name the top designer in the world um, on Sunday night at a special gala. Um, it's a separate ticket, you can go on our website and actually see and buy those tickets there, but it's uh, it's, a, it's more of a black tie gala for that as well. Oh yeah, um, no, the flower show dinners party, are amazing. Yeah, if you Our can, preview party happens the first Friday night, so you actually will get a chance. If you come to the preview party, you get a chance to meet the designers. The designers will be present standing at their exhibits um, and their designs and actually talking to you and interact with you at that time. But We're again, the on the, on the web, amazing. can you find out what time yeah. to go? All of of that is yeah so um in the mornings there's a morning session so there takes about two hours for them to create each uh, each design mm-hmm. um so there's a morning session and an after se- afternoon session for each day and you can see the timing all of that and the schedule is on the flower show
0: well, that is just amazing. I mean, here's another reason. To, and, and this is the only time this is going to happen at the Flower Show, probably in our lifetimes.
3: For well, my lifetime, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, talk about the power of flowers, though. When you think about the communication and, that, that, and, and the international impact. Flower power, woodstock, best, um, yep.
0: this floral competition. Me on Wednesday at 4, o'clock. <laughs> at four
3: o'clock at the Gardner Studio.
0: You can't beat it with a stick. Absolutely. All right. Sam Lemhenny, designer of the Philadelphia Flower Show, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. I will remind you that the website is the, theflowershow.com. Uh, you can get tickets there or you can become a member. I actually advocate you to become a member yeah. of you PHS. You get all
3: year-round all year benefits of becoming a member plus your Flower Show tickets.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's a better deal than buying the tickets at the door. Absolutely. Absolutely is. Members have their privileges, we, right? benefits.
3: Do. Yep, absolutely. Thanks.
0: All right, Sam. Thanks again for being on. You bet your we'll Garden. see
3: everybody at the show yep. March second.
0: All right, as promised, it's time for the question of the week, which we're calling: Lots of plants besides tomatoes love eggshells, but slugs don't. Eric from Soggy Ellicott City, Maryland. How soggy is it? His email was wet. Writes, one of the tips I've picked up from your podcast is to sprinkle crushed eggshells into the planting holes of my tomatoes. I've been saving my eggshells ever since and now have a few crushed quarts of them. My problem is that I only plant a couple of tomatoes a year. Can I use my stockpile of eggshells elsewhere in the garden? I grow mostly flowers. Are eggshells useful for container flowers? What about flat earth and raised bed flowers and vegetables? Is there anything that wouldn't benefit from a bit more calcium, or is it possible to have too much of a good thing? Well, this is the perfect time of year for you to ask this question, Eric, as many of our new listeners may not know my old eggshell trick. And this gives them time to amass the number of shells they'll need for tomato planting season. Placing crushed eggshells in the planting hole of tomatoes provides two distinct benefits. One, it totally prevents blossom end rot, one of the worst tomato tragedies, when tomatoes that are almost ripe suddenly turn black on the bottom, the blossom end, and fall apart. Greenhouse growers can avoid this problem by supplying even amounts of water during the growing season. But those of us growing out in the open can't possibly avoid the uneven watering that causes the problem. But we can add eggshells. If tomatoes have access to adequate soil calcium, they can control their internal water movement enough to avoid the extreme pressures that cause the blossom end to burst. Over the years, i found crushed eggshells to be the perfect way to supply that calcium. The shells release their calcium slowly over the season, providing a more steady supply of the nutrient, and you weren't going to keep them anyway. Yeah, yeah, you could add them to your compost pile, but they are reluctant to break down and are often the only raw ingredient left behind after the rest of the compost is finished. Now, adequate soil calcium is also necessary for the finest-tasting tomatoes to develop the rich, full, complex flavors we're seeking when we try to grow the perfect tomato. The basic flavor of every tomato is a blend of sweetness and acidity. But the super-tasty ones, generally the old beloved heirloom varieties like Brandywine, Black Crim, and Mortgage Lifter— also develop complex, volatile aromatic oils that add distinct and delicious back flavors to the fruits. And they can't do this without calcium. And again, crushed eggshells are the perfect slow-release form of this nutrient. So save up your eggshells. After you've finished eating a carton of eggs, let the shells air dry out in the open for a day or two. There's no need to rinse them. They don't smell bad or anything. When tomato planting time comes around, dig a deep hole for each transplant. Pull off all the bottom leaves. Drop the transplant down into the hole. Finally crush a dozen dried eggshells over top of the root ball. Then fill the hole back up with the same soil you removed. No, quote, improved soil in the hole. Use the same soil you dug out. Then mulch around the top with two inches of compost, and then provide good support for the vining plant. Next in line to receive any eggshell largesse is your cucumber crop. Dig a regular-sized planting hole. Tomatoes are the only plants whose stem gets buried deeply. Drop your baby cute plants down into the hole, add a dozen crushed eggshells, fill the hole back in with the same soil you remove, and then mulch with compost. The calcium in the eggshells will make your cucumbers naturally crisper, both when they're raw and after they've been pickled. What about after that? Yes, there are a surprising number of ornamentals that want either supplemental calcium or a slightly higher pH, which the crushed shells also provide. In fact, the numbers are kind of mind-boggling. I found out there are several large books out there devoted exclusively to flowers that prefer alkaline soil. Here are just a few of the best-known candidates. Lilacs, bluebeard, clematis, or clematis if you're British, forsythia, barberry, just make sure you stick to the non-invasive cultivars that have been bred not to produce viable seeds, crocus, red tip photonia and bedelia, otherwise known as butterfly bush. The greatly misunderstood boxwood also falls into this category, as despite being evergreen, it suffers in soil that isn't on the alkaline side. Now, if you're out of eggshells at this point, ask a friend with a fireplace or wood stove for some of their ashes for your boxwood. Ashes from a hardwood fire are almost as alkaline as agricultural lime. And finally, if you're not out of eggshells yet, crush them up very finely and use them to make a ring around slug-prone plants like lettuce, potatoes, and hostas. Slugs are extremely weird creatures. Copper gives them an electrical shock. Diatomaceous earth, DE, dehydrates them. And eggshells are doubly deadly to the slimers. Their bodies can't handle the calcium in the shells and the microscopically sharp edges of the crushed shells, so small that we can't see or feel them, tear the slugs apart if they try and cross over them. One final note. Just make sure your soils aren't already alkaline before you add anything like eggshells to up the pH. And never use eggshells or other pH raisers around acid-loving plants like azaleas and rhododendrons. Hey there, cats and kittens. It's Mike McGrath here asking for a favor from you. I know it's bleak outside, and the last thing some of you are thinking about is your summertime gardens, but now is the time to think about them and talk about them. So give us a call, 833-727-9588, and we'll get you set up for a successful summer. Well, that sure was some great info about tomatoes and eggshells, now wasn't it? Luckily for you, the Question of the Week appears in print at the Gardens Alive website. To read it over in detail, just click the link for the Question of the Week at our website, which is still and will forever be YouBetYourGarden.org. Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden Question of the Week, and you will always find the latest Question of the Week at the Gardens Alive website. Yikes, my producer is threatening to sequester my shells if I don't get out of this studio. We must be out of time, but you can call us anytime at 833-727-9588 or send us your email, your tired, your poor, your wretched refuse, teeming towards our garden shore at ybyg at wlvt.org. If you're confused by all those letters, you'll find all of our contact information at our website, youbetyourgarden.org. You'll also find the answers to many of your garden questions. Audio of this show, video of this show, and our podcast. Ken Queter plays our theme song. Our chief content officer is Yoni Greenbaum. Engineer Charlie Sarah is captain of the board Cube. Our social media director, Amanda McGrath, reminds us that resistance is futile. So check out her fine work and like us at the You Bet Your Garden Facebook page. Or else. Tavia Minnick works the phones. Our website wonder is Anastasia Weckerly. Jazzy Jonas Bowen is our audio editor. Capable Kelly Hurd and Jazzy Jake Boyer are our video editors. Oh no, oh no, our floor manager, John DeSantis, has been assimilated. Holding out for the sake of the Federation is Captain Javier Diaz, our director, maybe our producer, and the man who hoses down the studio every week after Lead. Regal Ron Ruscha is our director of underwriting, our marketing madman is jaunty, Jim McDonald, chief techno officer Andy Cummins makes the equipment work, Zach the Takwasnetsky is in the house, the kingpin of public broadcasting, our CEO Tim Fallon could never be commander of a board ship because he would always be late for the battle. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, and my ongoing mission is to seek out new plants, try and become more civilized, and to boldly last longer on public broadcasting than Mr. Rogers. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about the bold part now, do we? Swing us back around, Scotty, so I can see them all again next week.